1: If you want to be a hero, you can't just be a hero in your own story. If you're the hero of your own story, you're not really a hero, you're a narcissist. A hero is someone who makes a difference and cares about others, and they're the hero in someone else's story. So are you the hero in your own story, where you think you're great, but other people don't really think you're great? Or are you the hero in someone else's story, where they see you as the hero, the difference maker, and the person who cares? That's what truly makes you a hero.
0: On today's episode of the CLS Experience, we have a very special treat. He's the king of spreading positivity and his optimistic aura is both contagious and beautiful. He's a multi-time best-selling author, speaker, teacher, and extraordinary leader. He's a master of altering your perspective to change your world from the inside out. He's an unbelievable listener and he's the lead driver of the energy bus. He's a masterpiece builder and is the very best at facilitating love, serving, and caring. He's just a juggernaut in all facets of life and a terrific husband and father. Please welcome the dynamic, grateful, abundant, and mindful John Gordon. How you doing, John?
1: Craig doing great. I thought that was like the best interview and introduction I think I've ever had. So we can stop right now because that was just awesome. And I appreciate that. Also, a fellow Long Islander born in New York and a New York person still, even though I live in Florida. That's right. And, and we were just discussing it before we hit record and went on air.
0: And the truth of the matter is, is, we probably could have talked for an hour, but we wanted to save some of the juicy stuff for the show and so forth. But I'm so glad that you love the introduction. But like I like to always say to the guests and so forth, it's your life, brother. You wrote it. I just said it.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's, that's true in many ways. But you make it sound much better than I think uh, it was living it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I appreciate it, Johnny.
1: Before we get started, we're going to jump around a little bit. I know the audience
0: loves to get a background. I think your story is pretty well documented. For the audience, listening. we just hit a million strong. If you're not familiar with John, go to his page, go to his website, his Instagram, check out his content and so forth. I think what's most valuable is we just have an unbelievable conversation. Before we start, we're going
1: to get a little weird. You ready for me? Let's go. John, what is your superpower? My superpower is encouragement. I love to encourage others. And the word encourage means to put courage into. So when you encourage someone, you put encourage into them. And when you encourage yourself, you put encourage into yourself. So I love to make people better. And here's the thing about being a hero. I learned this from Erwin McManus. He was giving a a sermon and he was giving a great talk. And he didn't say all these words, but it really, it's what I took from it. If you want to be a hero, you can't just be a hero in your own story. If you're the hero of your own story, you're not really a hero. You're a narcissist. A hero is someone who makes a difference and cares about others. And they're the hero in someone else's story. So are you the hero in your own story where you think you're great, but other people don't really think you're great? Or are you the hero in someone else's story where they see you as the hero, the difference maker, and the person who cares? That's what truly makes you a hero.
0: My goodness. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just have so much love and respect for you and, and we could probably drop the mic right there, but we're just getting warmed up. I never heard that articulated like that, but it just hit home for me. Like it, It's one thing to be the hero in your own story, but do we dare call that being a narcissist, but, but to, to encourage other people to be a hero for somebody else to make that type of impact, that's what it's all about.
1: And that's why we do what we do, right? Because For our life to matter, we have to matter. In the lives of others. And so when we impact people, right? We become a hero to them. We become an encourager to them. We become someone who made a difference in their life. And so a lot of people go through their life. They think, Hey, I'm the hero in my own story. I'm the hero, but no one's getting better because of you. So are you really a hero? Right. You may think you are, but if people are flourishing around you, that's the sign that you are a leader. It's the sign that you're a difference maker and it's a sign that you're someone who builds great teams. And to me, that's what I would like to for my life to be about. That's what I try to focus on every day.
0: Bang! And use the word leader, uh, which you're one of the best in the world at. And I often hear you talk about, in your opinion, what one of the most important traits of a really effective leader uh, is to be able to transfer belief. Is that accurate?
1: Leadership is a transfer of belief, yes. And I don't think I'm one of the best leaders. I believe that I'm one of the best leadership teachers. I know how to teach leadership. I know what great leaders do. I've worked with some of the greatest leaders on the planet, a great example of that is is Dabo Sweeney from Clemson. Sure. He believes in his players more than they believe in themselves. As a result of that, their belief rises and they accomplish things they never thought were possible. And it's because of his belief. He says it often. He says, I'm not an overachiever. I'm an overbeliever. And so he believes so much. And that's why they won two national championships. And I've seen it firsthand. Like, this is real belief playing out, working with him for the past 10 years, I can honestly say that optimism and belief are competitive advantages.
0: My goodness. And I was just taking a note there because I had never heard that word like that, an over-believer, but but it's it's such a great compliment because people often say to me like, how much I believe in them. And I always think to myself, like, if they just believed in themselves, just 10% of how much I believe in them, they'd be able to really expand their capacity, do so much. I think self-belief is one of the most important traits in the
1: world. I couldn't agree more. As your belief rises, what you can accomplish also increases. And so you will never rise above the level of your belief. So what do you believe is possible? What is it that you want to create? And do you believe that it can happen? And so what I have found in my own life, there are many times that I didn't believe, but when I started to believe and I had belief in what was possible, And I was just willing to take the next step, even into the unknown, the uncertainty, the fear, the doubt. And yes, there was doubt. It wasn't always a 100% belief, but you still took the step believing, okay, it is possible if I go forward, because if I don't take the step, it's going to be impossible no matter what. So at least by taking the next step, I make it more likely that it could happen. And I think that was the big part of my journey. And now I, of course, truly believe, But Now it's about how do I help other people believe? Because so many go through life with fear, doubt, and discouragement. They listen to the negative voices in their head, telling them they're not enough. They can't accomplish their goals and dreams. It's not possible. Dreams were meant for others, not for them. And these voices are always coming in. I always tell people, these voices are not from you. How do you know your negative thoughts are not from you? Well. Who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Think about that. Would you ever choose a thought that told you you weren't enough, that sabotaged you? No. The thoughts are always coming in, just like nightmares and dreams. When you're sleeping, those thoughts are coming in, you're not choosing them. So you can choose, though, how you respond to the negative thoughts that do come in. When the lies come in, and these are lies that will tell you things about yourself and your future that just aren't true. So when those thoughts do come in, do you believe the lies? Would you believe in your future? Do you believe in you? Do you believe in what's possible? And you know what's funny? I think that people do believe. It's just the voices that, that start to speak so loudly that they actually believe those voices. And I always tell people, don't believe the lies, speak truth to the lies. And the truth is, you're here to do great things. That is the truth. Like You you were never meant to be average and you do want to be great. Everyone who listens to you, I know they want to be great. Why? Because they know that deep down there's greatness inside of them. So they want to do something great. No one ever says, I want to be average. And so we do know there's greatness within us. We know that greatness is possible. It's just the battle of the mind that we have to win in order to actually go out and create it and do it.
0: This is dynamite. And I've had some of the world's all-time greats on the show, celebrities and teenagers, but but John, you're my people. Like straight up, like you're speaking to my soul right now. It's literally what I tell everybody. What what I try to teach them is that voice in your head, you have a choice to lower the volume of it or raise the volume. And the negative, the father of lies, if you will, that voice that comes in, It's your choice. You can lower the volume and you can turn up the volume on the empowering voice The one says that you are worthy, that you are capable of greatness, that you are here for great things. Nutrition Solutions offers the best healthy meal prep options for health, wellness, weight loss, and improved performance. The customer service and support at Nutrition Solutions is unbelievable and second to none. And when I travel for my marathons, the meals are waiting at my hotel, I don't even have to break a sweat. Even their protein donuts and breakfast items are made with fresh, organic ingredients. I love Nutrition Solutions' reliability, quality, and all-around lifestyle that they represent, which is world-class. To get both physically and mentally fit, go to NutritionSolutions.com and use promo code CLS25. Thank me later, you dig? And like I always tell everyone else, is like that voice, no matter who you are or where you're at in life, it will sneak up on you. So so once you understand that, then you can create systems to kind of block out that interference.
1: You can because even at at, at 51, like I am now, those voices still when you're young. Yeah, even though I've written 12 best-selling books, right? When I'm writing a new one. I still have those voices that say, ah, uh, this is going to be a piece of junk. Oh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. Oh, your best worker is behind you. And I have to say, no, no, I'm not going to listen to that. That's a lie. I'm going to love the reader. I'm going to love writing. I'm going to love this process. And if you love the process, you will love what the process produces. And the best way to overcome the fear and the doubt is to actually love what you do because love casts out fear. So when the fear is coming in, in the form of all sorts of negative voices, bring love to it. I love my work. I love what I get to do. I'm love. I love that I'm creating, even though I, I don't see any money in my bank account right now. I'm starting this new business. I'm excited. I'm going to focus on this love that I have of what I'm creating. Love that process along the way. And you'll look back and realize that was one of the most favorite, your favorite times in your life, probably in building something that you loved. And that's how you create greatness. Anything we try to build with fear will crumble, and you can look at history and see what was built with fear, and then you can see what is built with the love, and eventually, that is what endures. So love is the most powerful force in the universe. It's also the greatest mental toughness strategy. Like If you're an athlete, I work with a lot of professional athletes, and you're out competing, if you're focused on loving playing, loving the moment, loving the competition, you'll perform at a higher level. Craig, it's clear you love what you do in the podcast. Your energy just exudes love. Well, guess what? I feel it. Your listeners feel it. And what happens? They're more attracted to listening to you and what you do. They want to be a part of it. And then also, right? And you loving it, man, you're just yourself. You're having fun and you wind up doing great work. If you're always going into this, like going, oh, what are they thinking? Oh, I didn't say this right. Oh, this didn't work well. Now you're being so critical. You're not even enjoying the process. I have to remind myself, when I'm getting on stage, John, you've been giving all these talks all these years. Just love it. Like, stop trying to be perfect. Just go out there and have a great time. Cause if you're having fun and you're having a ball with the audience and you're loving it, yeah, you may not say the right thing here. And you may, you know, not give the point that you wanted to give that you forgot. And later on you go, Oh, I didn't say that. At the end of the day, did you have fun? Did you make a difference? Did you love what you do? And over time you'll get better and better at doing it.
0: This is gripping. And for the audience who might not be familiar, John is speaking from experience because similar to me, he's reinvented himself. And there was a time, correct me if I'm wrong, that you were waking up every day and not doing what you love. And I don't know about you, but I I always used to hear people say, if you find what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I was skeptical until I found it.
1: That's so true because when you do love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work. Like every day you get up, you're doing it. When I'm at a restaurant, someone comes up to me and they've read one of my books or they've seen one of my videos, they'll come up to me. I start talking to them. We'll have a conversation right then and there. They'll ask me a cha- a, a question face- about a challenge you're facing and we'll talk about it right then and there. As a family, we're always talking about like ideas for this and ideas for that. Like we live and breathe it every day. It's not work. It's just a part of who we are. It's the essence of who you are and who you are determines how you lead, and what you do. But it wasn't always that way. I mean, there was a time like you had to reinvent yourself. I had to reinvent myself. I lost my job during the dot-com crash. I'm 31 years old. I have two small kids, like real young. I'm about to go bankrupt. My wife and I are fighting all the time because I'm being a jerk and I'm stressed and I'm miserable and I'm blaming her for why my life you know, was so bad. And during that time, I really... Knew I needed to change. I knew I needed to change because my wife said, You better change. If you don't change, our relationship is over. But when she threatened me to leave, it was a huge wake-up call. And I asked the question, what am I born to do? Why am I here? Like I've got to do something I love. I feel like I'm dying every single day. Like I've got to do something I love. So relatable. Yeah. And and I knew right then and there I had to do something else. And I asked, I prayed. All of a sudden, writing and speaking came to me. It just came to me like like a lightning strike. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I don't know how. I don't know what. I don't know what I'm going to speak about, but I know I'm going to encourage others. I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to do this kind of work. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to just get started on this. A good friend of mine was a CEO of a nurse staffing company, PPR. He remembers me telling him this a couple of days later. He's like, you just said you were going to be a writer and speaker. And everyone's looking at you like, what? Like, how? Like, What? You? Why? Like, How is that going to happen? And here we are years later, this is my work. This is what I do. But I did have to reinvent myself through that process. I was in the restaurant business. I owned a few restaurants. Then I I had to sell them. And then I got involved in the dot-com. And then that crashed. Then because I knew I wanted to write and speak, I got back in the restaurant business, second mortgage to our home, $20,000 in credit cards, To open up this Moe's Southwest Grill franchise, the fifth Moe's in the entire country. Now there's over 300 of them, but we opened up this Moe's and we were hanging by a thread. We were, we were living on a prayer, right? We were living on a prayer every single day, like barely making it. And somehow, some way we kept getting carried week after week, week after week. No profits, but just getting by finally we we made our first profit and everything changed from there we started to make money from this restaurant and then about 8 months later i remember meeting a, a woman who owned uh, new york life the 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 uh, local agency in jacksonville where my place was and i'm wiping tables down i'm like real young at the time so she doesn't think i'm even the owner and I'm talking to her and I tell her who I am. And then I said, hey, I'm also an inspirational speaker. If you want me to come speak to your company. And she said, oh yeah, I'd love for you to do that. I can't pay you, but I'd love to have you. I said, I'll do it. So I gave this first talk, but I tried to get out of it actually at first because I got so scared. I got so fearful. I tried to get out. She goes, no, no, we're all planned. We're ready for it. You can't, you can't like, you can't not do it. You can't opt out. I said, okay, fine. I'll do it. I did it. And I'm like, okay, I could do this. And that one talk has now led to, I think, probably thousands of talks.
0: Thousands. Yeah. And you're one of the best in the world at encouraging people and leaving them with the feeling. But what a story. And I love the way you paint the visual. Uh, And it's funny to me that you wanted to opt out at the last second, but you went through with it. Uh, And isn't it so interesting? Like when you feel fear or stuff like that, now we know, but we don't always at the time on the other side of that is really where the most growth takes place.
1: Uh, on the other side of your fear is is your greatness. On the other side of fear is your future. On the other side of fear is the work that you are born to do. And the greatest assignment in your life will bring up the greatest fear of your life because you will always face the biggest test, the biggest battle before the ultimate victory. So as you're about to start your journey, as you're about to give a big talk, as you're about to to have something major in your life, so often... The fear sets in, in in crazy ways, and it's almost gripping at times. And you want to give up, gripping. but you don't. You want to opt out, but somehow, some way, you stay the course <laughs> and it lead you to the destiny that you are born for. It's funny because my daughter just gave her fourth talk the other day really to the, to the Clemson baseball team. Oh, that's awesome! She, 23 years old. And she has, has worked in the service industry for the last few years after college. She goes to Clemson. She moves to LA, starts acting. Then all the restaurants shuts down, shut down because she was working as a hostess while she was trying to acting all shut down. She goes into the food delivery business, serving food and bringing food to people via Postmates and others, right? and Because, hey, we're not making it easy for her. We know she's got to struggle. She's got to grow. She's got to learn to take care of herself. So she's doing that. Then next thing you know, restaurants open back up. She goes to work at Nobu Malibu, the most famous restaurant on the planet. She's a hostess there making all sorts of, of, of great money. But then recently she said, you know, dad, I'm ready to now start doing this work. I'm like, I didn't know you wanted this work. She goes, yeah, I think I want to, I want to speak like you. I'm like, okay. So I'm going to speak to Clemson baseball. She comes with me. I said, Jade, you're speaking to the team. What? No, I said, yes, you are. You're speaking for a few minutes, four to five minutes right before I do. You're going to teach one lesson and give them one story. And one takeaway. It's all you have to do. She got so nervous, so fearful, didn't want to do it, almost didn't several times, but she persevered. And next thing you know, boom. She gave a great talk. And as a dad, it was great to see her, you know, go through the fear, but still deliver a great talk to these like studs. These guys are all sitting Nance. there. Arms folded, like some of the best athletes, like like six-four, you know, some of them future major league baseball players, like arms folded, like not even showing any emotion. And she's having to speak to the this tough audience. But afterwards, they are like, that was great. That was encouraging. You inspired me. Like words like that. Won the first 14 games in a row, 14 and 0, right? Right? 14-0. I'd like to think it was my talk, but I think it was probably her talk. <laughs> and I saw her experience the same fear, but then going through it. And then on the other side of it, experiencing the exhilaration and the boldness and the courage that comes after you do it. Okay. I could do this. Sometimes you have to take the first step, even when you don't know what the second step is. You just take the first step. And I used to think that belief was the first key to being successful. No, the first step is to take the first step, even when you don't totally believe. Like you believe ultimately, but you may not believe in that moment and yet you still take the first step. I had a field goal kicker. I was speaking to the 49ers and Phil Dawson was the field goal kicker, legendary kicker. I remember. He said to me, you know, some of my greatest kicks were actually when I wasn't very confident. So that idea that you have to be confident to be successful is sometimes a myth because I would walk up there. I closed my eyes and kicked the ball as hard as I could and saw it go through the upright, right? He's like, I just, you know, it wasn't about like the confidence in that moment. It was the belief that no matter what, just kick the ball, just kick the ball and give yourself a shot for it to go in. It's a different kind of mindset. I think there's a myth that we're always going to be confident. We're always going to believe. Here's what I've learned. It's not the thought in the moment. It's the ultimate belief of the overall vision and the direction of where you're going that's so important. So I may not be confident right now. It's okay. Do the work, make a difference. And then belief rises and rises and rises to a time when, okay, now I have some serious belief. Does that make sense, Craig?
0: It makes all the sense in the world, John. And, and what a paradigm shift, right? Like that that's a little bit like the opposite of what a lot of people are taught, like cultivate the confidence first and take your first step. But, but what John is alluding to is, Take that first step and then you'll be able to associate confidence from your experience because, oh, wait a minute, I did this before and I didn't die, right? Like your daughter, like she kind of wanted to opt out, but she went through it uh, and then she was exhilarated and now she can tie confidence to that. Yup, that's correct. Billionaire Mark Cuban is motivating entrepreneurs daily with his three commas line of apparel, accessories and coffee. Three Commas has the softest suede crew tees, a great line of accessories, and the best direct trade Colombian coffee. Join the Three Commas Club on Instagram at Three Commas or visit their website, threecommas.com to learn more. Thank me later, you dig?
1: Right. Now, from the experience, you started to have a little bit more belief because for me, that was the way it worked for me. Like, I didn't always believe. I didn't think I was a great speaker early on. Actually, I thought I was pretty bad, but I just did it. My wife says to me, you were speaking when you were really horrible and yet you just did it. You just kept showing up and doing it over and over again. And over time, you started to have you know belief. Here's the other thing. Confidence is important. I do believe it's important, but clarity is more important clarity is what breeds confidence. When you are clear and you have clarity, you have energy, you have focus, you have confidence. Confidence doesn't breed clarity. Clarity breeds confidence. When you're a quarterback and you see the whole field and it slows down for you, you have more confidence. When you're in the zone moment on stage and everything's just flowing, you have clarity about what you want to say. All of a sudden you have more confidence from that clarity. So clarity breeds confidence. Confidence breeds courage. So the more confident you are, the more courage you will have. Bang! <laughs> Boom.
0: Johnny's on fire. It's so true. Like, a lot of times, people don't even want to get started, or they procrastinate because they lack clarity. They don't even know where to begin. But if you do have that vision, and you can kind of see the field, so to speak, that, then that translates to confidence. Then it's that feeling like I'm on fire; I can't be stopped, or, or you're in flow state, and so forth. This is for sh- me,
1: and for me, it's like clarity was like okay, vision and purpose. Like okay, it's clear to me. Like I have clarity about why I'm here and what I'm meant to do. Like I'm meant to encourage people and bring more positivity in their life. Now I'm meant to develop positive leaders. A big part of my life is developing positive leaders. So I have this clarity that I know that that's what I'm here to do. Well, when I'm speaking, when I'm talking to people, when I'm in a training, when I'm in a big keynote, I know I'm here to help people be better leaders, to help them be more positive, and then the and then to grow in their leadership to impact others. So that clarity gives me a lot of confidence of what I need to do, what I need to say, and how I need to help them. That purpose also is what's important as part of that, because we don't get burned out because of what we do. We get burned out because we forget why we do it. So think about that. You got the purpose. You got the vision. You got the love. That brings the clarity, and the clarity gives you that confidence as you're moving forward.
0: Yeah, so true. And, and you can't really hit a target that you can't see. So when you have that vision and you know you're here to encourage others, like you said in the beginning, like you don't necessarily have to know how it's going to happen, but you know your why and you know why you're doing it. And when you're in that frequency, the seas begin to part and the, the universe begins to open up doors for you.
1: Boom. So here's the thing on that. Like you you just nailed it. Like you can't hit a target you don't see. That's why I'm huge on vision. I'm really not big on On goals, like specific goals. I'm big on vision and commitments. I believe commitments are greater than goals. I was working with an NFL football team during training camp. I had them write down all of their goals. So they write them all down and then I had them rip it up and they're like, what? Why are we ripping it up? We just took this time to write them down. I'm like, just give me a second. Don't get upset. They were getting a little mad. I said, just take it easy. I said, here's why, because how many other teams and players have the same exact goals that you have right now how many people are saying i want to win a championship i want a super bowl how many quarterbacks are saying i want so many touchdowns so many yards how many running backs are saying i want to have so many yards so many touchdowns etc everybody has the same goals so will your goals take you to where you want to go no your commitments will what are you committed to Cause it's your commitment that will take you to your goals. So now we ripped up the goals. Tell me what your commitments are. Let's write down our commitments. And then they wrote their commitments down. They were like, you know what? One guy said, I want to watch more film. I got to watch more film if I want to be better. another guy said, halfway through the year, I always seem to have my body break down cause I don't take care of it in recovery. I'm going to commit to more recovery time after practice. Another guy said, you know, I eat a lot of fast food during the season that really wrecks my body and wrecks my health. I'm going to make sure I don't eat fast food. So I'm stronger in that and stronger with my body. Think about that. Now they're focused on their commitments that will lead them to their goals. So goals are good, but your commitments are greater and vision is even greater because vision is beyond your goals. Because okay, you hit your goal, but then what? Right? You hit a goal, then what? I believe that's the zoom focus part of a vision. Telescope, microscope. Telescope is the big vision part. Where are we going? Why are we going there? Zoom focus is those micro steps you take along the way. The micro achievements that you have that, okay, I'm going to show up and do the work today. Had this success. Next day, same thing. Am I getting closer to my vision of where I want to go? Who I want to be? What do I want to to become? What do I want to create? Am I moving closer to that? To me, that's more powerful.
0: I do have one negative right now. And that's that we don't have 10 hours to chat. because This is straight unbelievable. And I couldn't agree more with every single word, specifically this. And like, I always like to say, like, there is a, a huge difference between being interested and being committed. Mm. Uh, and I never heard it worded just like you said, but now that I did and you exposed me to it, it makes perfect sense, right? Like goals are a dime a dozen. Everybody has goals. And I say that in quotations in case the audience can't see. But what are your commitments? What are non-negotiables for you? Cause that's what's going to make all the difference.
1: Yeah. And then when you write that down and I think again, write your goals down. Of course. But more importantly, focus on your commitments that will take you to your goals. And for me, you know, maybe my goals were too small. I had some goals, but not big goals, but I have a vision. And now I'm still striving towards the vision every single day and the purpose to encourage and inspire millions of people, one person at a time. Do I want to make a movie about my book training camp? Yes. So I guess that's a goal, but it's really not my priority. I know this work is my priority. If that happens along the way, great. But I know I'm committed and focused on what I'm doing now and you'll have different goals that will help you. You have a weight loss goal. Great. But I don't even have a weight loss goal. I just want to be in the best shape I can be and be the fittest I can be. So I have a vision of what that looks like and being healthy and being, you know, the strongest in best shape, greatest athlete at 55 that I can be, right? That's the goal. Maybe not greater than others, but the best that I can be, that'd be be pretty awesome. Played basketball the other day. And I got to tell you, I felt great. Like on the court, I was fast. I was moving quick. And I was feeling great until the next day. (laughs) I was sore as anything. Like, okay, recovery is going to be a little slower. But that day that I played, I'm like, all right, all the work that I do helps. But it's not really a goal. It's more of a vision of health and of fitness.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned that day. And that stuck out to me because I've heard you say often, like, don't even worry about tomorrow. Do the mm-hmm. best that you can today. Win today. And then you
1: stack a couple of those and all of a sudden you create a better future, right? Man, best advice I ever heard. Like, like probably second best advice. Chad Wright. I'm sure you know Chad. Former Navy SEAL. I'm talking to him on my podcast. Can't wait to have you on, Craig. And I'm I'm talking to Chad, it's the middle of COVID. And he said, John, a lot of guys trying to be a Navy SEAL don't make it to become one. He said, they don't make it because they don't make it through Hell Week. He said, they don't make it through Hell Week because they're dreaming for it to end. They're longing for it to be over. He said, the ones who make it just want to make it to breakfast. And I realized, man, that was the key to getting through that challenging time or any challenging time. It was to not worry about tomorrow, but we win today. Like We Zoom focus, control what we can control, and we win today. And then we win the next day. We win the day after that. And if you do that every day, you're going to win the future. But you have to make sure you're winning each day. And it's just a breakfast. And then it's lunch. And then it's dinner. And it's moment by moment. Just dominate and win each moment. And over time, you're going to have success if you do that.
0: This is so cool because that's how I built CLS in the pandemic. And also, like you, like I had that, that macro scope or the telescope, the big vision. But I simplified it by bringing it down into micro each and every single day. Let's just do the best, be the most present every single task. Like, for example, this conversation right now, which, by the way, is not work to me. I'm very grateful and I absolutely love this. I'm not worried about anything else in the world. I'm right just having the best conversation with you possible so that we can encourage and provide the most value to the audience. And then after that, it's the next task, right? Let's make it to dinner or, or whatever the case may be. And then you stack those and then all of a sudden it's like, my goodness, look what we're building here.
1: I have so many people, especially young people today, they worry about their greatness in the future so much. What am I going to become? Like, what happens if it doesn't work out? Stop worrying about that. It's amazing how things do happen for those who just trust, believe, have faith, and show up each day and do the work. Show up and do the work, right? Just be great today. Don't worry about your greatness in the future. And my son, who's 22 years old, He thinks so much about his future that I worry sometimes he's not enjoying today. And I know if you enjoy today and make the most of today, and you work on being great today, it's going to lead to great things. But we're so cluttered. We have that clutter instead of clarity, and the clutter lowers our state of mind. It causes fear, worry, anxiety, and doubt. And then it brings us to a situation where we can't think clearly, we don't act clearly, and we become paralyzed rather than just, again, love brings clarity, loving it, focusing on the moment, doing what you love, enjoying enjoying it, getting better at it, and growing along the way. And over time, your audience sees your improvement. You're having a ball along the way. So-and-so shows up. This person comes into your life. This opportunity comes your way that you never expected. And your life has changed forever as a result of that. It's amazing. I mean, I get a call out of the blue from Chad Morris that- they read my book, Training Camp, at Clemson, his first year as a coordinator there. And Dabba was, a, was there for just a few years at Clemson. They read Training Camp. They use it as part of their team, their program. Dabba was teaching out of it every single week because there were the 11 characteristics of the best of the best. So he created best is the standard and was teaching one of those characteristics from training camp every single week. I don't know this, but every time I'm turning on the TV... There's Clemson on TV. I start watching the team that I don't even know that I don't really like, but I start loving these guys. Going, man, I love that team. Not knowing they're using my book as part of their culture and their team. End of the year, I get a call. Chad Morris reaches out, hey, we use your book this year. I'm like, no way. I've been watching you guys. Love you guys. He goes, would you come speak to us for training camp? You know, next year for next season. This was 2012, 2011. They used the book. 2012. I go speak to the team. Changed the course of my life and in many ways impacted that program. My daughter would then go to Clemson. My son there is now. Became a huge part of my life. Started to work with all these other teams because they heard about the success I was having at Clemson and with other teams. And the relationship I had with Dabo just was such a great relationship and such a, a life affirming relationship of these principles. Oh, these principles really work. I'm watching it play out on this team I'm working with. They've won two national championships. How cool is this? Again, out of the blue from what, how doing the work, showing up, putting the work out there, loving what you do, trying to make a difference. And then all of a sudden people reach out, people call Sean McVeigh, the Rams head coach reached out, got the job at the Rams. Hey, someone said, Hey, Hey, Sean, uh, you should reach out to John Gordon. He read my book, training camp, energy buzz, and you went in the locker room first, I'm in LA at the time. We got together five hours. We talked about culture and leadership and teamwork. Asked me to speak to the team. I did for every year until COVID hit, where they weren't, they wouldn't allow speakers. Worked with Sean and helping him, you know, build his culture. And he did an incredible job as a leader. He's a phenomenal leader. He was only 30 at the time, but I was blown away by his leadership. But again, out of the blue, you just get a call, and that relationship has been a huge impact on my life and we just have the Power Positive Summit coming out and and Sean speaking at the summit. And I interviewed him on on that Super Bowl run, what that was like, culture, everything, right? Because I'm doing the work and he reached out. See, that's the thing. When you do the work and you focus on excellence, what happens is you become a craftsman in a world of carpenters. And so as you're building excellence, people will then clamor to work with you Because you're working on being great. You're not focused on the outside. From the inside, you're creating something that the outside loves. (laughs) I'm
0: laughing because I just love you so much. And this is unbelievable. Honestly, one of my favorite conversations. And all of it is so true. Like and the power of optimism. Like these principles are applicable for anything, any industry, any culture. Anything and you just have to be open, right? Like you have a vision, but then you're doing the work and these opportunities are presenting themselves to you, right? And you just have to be
1: open to that for the
0: universe. Uh, and
1: you you have to, you have to be open to it. Greg, I say, I say God instead of the universe only because universe means one song. And so there is a song and we know that there's a creator of song. So creators create songs. So the universe. Is a song and is a creator of the one song. So I believe the universe is a medium. I don't believe the universe can give you anything, just like you know, something in a water can't give you anything. It's through the water that that we move ships and transport things. And so I think tra- things are transported to us and through us through the universe, that we are a part of this universe. We are part of the one song. But I believe, I believe God has a plan for your life. Whatever religion you are, whatever you believe, I do believe that there is a creator. And you were created to create, you were imagined to imagine, as our friend Erwin says, and you were designed to design, and you have a purpose, you're not an accident, you have a plan, and life is about identifying what that purpose is, living that purpose, serving others, making a difference, and ultimately being all that you are called to be uh, dr david Jire, Dr. David Jeremiah says that the definition of success is the fulfillment of god's plan for your life, and so if this is my plan and I'm fulfilling it, I'll be successful. If I try to do something else and it's really not my plan, but I keep resisting what I'm meant to do, keep resisting and resisting and resisting, then I'll never really fully live a life of success. And as we said earlier, I think we said this off air, you know, money is not the definition of success. Like it's not about making a ton of money. You left Wall Street. You left a lot of money to pursue your passion and purpose because this is real success. Cause You didn't feel fulfilled. So you weren't fulfilling the plan for your life, but now you are, and you are happier, more joyful. You're loving it more. And out of that, you're going to create even greater success. Will you make more money? Probably. But even if you didn't, even if you didn't, you would still be more successful doing what you do. Part of me would love to run for office. Like I would love to run for office. Like if DeSantis ran for president, I sometimes think I would run for governor of Florida. I ran for city council when I was 26 years old. I was a government economics major. But I often ask myself, okay, I would only do it. I would only do it if it was like so clear this is what I'm meant to do. But in my heart of hearts, I don't think I am because I don't think it's my ultimate purpose and calling and would it make me successful? Like I believe ultimately this is what I'm here to do. And yes, even if I won, would I still be considered a success? Not if it's not what I'm here to do.
0: What was that? That's right. I can hear your thoughts. Have no fear. I'm going to tell you exactly where you can get weekly access to the CLS experience live in action. Dropping gems, nuggets, trainings, special celebrity and business mogul guest speakers and maximum energy. We just launched the CLS membership. We have weekly zooms with like-minded, growth-oriented juggernauts networking and absorbing all the wisdom via weekly zooms. Head to cultivateLastingSymphony.com and then bang! Enter your new network today. Let's grow together. You dig. Yeah, this is awesome. So many things that you just touch upon. And the irony is, is like, I didn't start this for the money. And I imagine same with you. Um, but when you, when you really yeah. find your purpose and you do a really good job of it, ironically enough, the money follows you.
1: 80, uh, 80 free talks I gave. 80 free talks when I first started out, and then after that, it was like five hundred dollars a talk and thousand dollars a talk, and took five years for the energy bus to become a bestseller after I wrote that. So man, I was traveling the country staying at a lot of hotels that your dog wouldn't even want to stay at. It was not always the best conditions, but you know, we just went out there and did the work and showed up and went on tours and made a difference. And you know, this was this was we're talking about. You know, 2007, we're talking 17 years ago. It was a different world then. No social media, nothing, no online presence. There was no platforms to build. You had to go out and hustle to build a platform in many ways. And that's what I had to do. And I, may, I said, I'm going to try to make a difference one person at a time. It wasn't about the money. And I think so often we focus on the money. Now, I want to say there is value to your work. So don't underestimate yourself. Don't devalue yourself. Like do the work expecting to be paid and hoping to get paid, knowing one day you will be paid, but also knowing that what would you do if money wasn't the deciding factor? That's the key.
0: This is gold straight up. Like I I love you. I've I've seen you a lot of times. Like you're fired up today and and this is really contagious and, and valuable. And Johnny, we'll land the plane with this. It's no secret that you're a man of faith and so forth, but, but I'm curious. And I had a, a bunch of our mutual friends on. We were diving a little bit into this, Ben Newman and so forth. When or, or was it always uh, did faith become such a key component for you in your life?
1: Oh, wow. You had, you had my guy Ben Newman on. That's awesome. Yeah. So for me, it was always where I had a belief in a God, a creator. I remember even being as a kid, laying on the ground, Summertime, looking up at the stars and feeling like there was a God, there was a greater force, a greater presence that I was a part of that loved me and was watching over me and had a plan for me. So that's an interesting feeling. I know a lot of people have had that kind of feeling. So I had that feeling. But for me, religion was never a big deal. I grew up Jewish and really? in a Jewish-Italian family, yeah. So grew up Jewish. I was bar mitzvahed. My mom was Jewish. But we never went to temple. We never went to, to church. My dad, who raised me, was a New York City police officer, undercover narcotics. He was Italian. He was Catholic, but he wasn't religious at all either. I don't even know if he believed in God, really. So, So we would celebrate the holidays. And then as I got older, I became a seeker. A new ager in my 20s. I was really into meditation and yoga. My wife was doing yoga before yoga was cool and was really into seeking and metaphysical stuff, but really seeking out the spiritual. The universe, as you talk about, was really into that quantum physics, you name it, studied all that good stuff. Ultimately, at around 32, 33 years old, a friend of mine started giving me some sermons, and one was called Why I Follow Jesus. It was by Erwin McManus. It was a really powerful sermon. It really spoke to me. He he talked about Jesus not being a religion, but being a relationship. He talked about a God that loves you. He talked about like it from a different perspective than I've ever heard. And what I've come to believe and understand is this is the real perspective. Like It's not about religion. It's about love and it's about relationship. And he said this to me, don't let Christians keep you from Christ because <laughs> there's a lot of people who don't act like it. And we wind up turning away from God because of people. No, those people need to be saved just like you do. And that's why we all need a God to rescue us because we can't do it ourselves. And it's why every addiction program, every addiction program has a higher power because you can't do it on your own. Your will is not strong enough. And my will is not strong enough. We all need a greater power to give us strength because we were never meant to do life alone. You were created with a soul and there's a, a a larger soul that we're connected to. I believe that's God. And the universe is, is sort of the, the medium that we're all connected by and in and a part of. And so faith became a huge part of my life around that time. And then really big around 30, 35, 36, when I wrote The Energy Bus and around that same time that I was really getting strong in my faith, I wrote that book. And now I've written 26 books since. And every book I write takes about three and a half weeks. And that's why I tell people like, you can only explain that by God and by faith because I was never a writer. I never thought I was smart. Didn't know I could do this kind of work. And the books just come to me with visions and ideas. And when I write, it's like a process where I see like, I write the beginning. I have no idea what the ending is. And then when I'm done with the ending, I realize, oh, the ending fit the beginning. It was all part of what was meant to be written. And I'm not the author, just the pen. And I'm sharing this work. And I don't want people to to think that they can't do that. They can. I don't know if everyone can, because that might not be your calling, but I know that's mine. But I know if you're a painter that you'll get ideas on what to do to paint. I know that if you are a podcaster and this is what your mission is, you're going to find the best interviews and you're going to help bring out the best in others, and encourage your listeners. I know that if you're a speaker, that you're going to get ideas in the middle of your speaking and before you're speaking, and you're going to say a joke that you never thought of before. And the joke comes out and everyone laughs. And you're like, where did that come from? Totally. Where musicians get the idea for a song and next thing you know, they write that song on a napkin. Like, where does that come from, right? There's a collective field of consciousness where everything, where it just flows and where we receive, I believe, what is meant for us if we're open and we're willing.
0: That's it. This is tremendous. We got to get you back for a sequel. I can't wait to be on your show. Uh, we just hit a million strong in every of downloads. What's the best way for the audience and the community to support you, John?
1: Craig, by the way, I just love your accent, man. I feel like right at home back in Long Island, just you know, hearing just two New York guys talking. Like you got the strong one. Mine comes out when I get fired up, but I think I lost a lot of mine. So as I'm hearing yours, I'm like, hey, that's what I used to sound like. I used to sound People like that. Fired guy. up today. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like I, I could talk like this. How you doing? Craig? Great, great good. good see you, brother. How you doing? Doing good? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> see, I can totally bring it out if I need to. Somebody. So uh but to get a hold of me, John Gordon, J-O-N Gordon.com, J O N Gordon, or Twitter, Instagram at J O N Gordon11. We got a free positive plan. If you want to download that free seven step positive plan, you could start taking action immediately. Just sign up for that on my website and you'll get the plan immediately. And you could start implementing these simple steps to to start to develop a more positive mindset to help you and, and your team.
0: That's it and for the audience listening if you love the conversation always ask that you share it tag john and i john what's the best way for me personally to support
1: you you know what just talking to you is a supporter of me i feel encouraged you fired me up you uh you got me like really just fired up to really encourage people and help people and craig i just love your authenticity i think the way you live the way you encourage the way you are so real at doing what you're doing it is infectious and it makes people want to be a part of it. you can tell who's genuine or not and you can tell like, this is real and genuine. So I just love that. So the best way you can support me is just sharing this podcast with others and let's make a difference together. Come on my podcast. We're gonna have fun talking about your reinvention and how you began your journey to do this work in the middle of COVID. Because I think COVID was a was a great example. You could, you could have used that time to just give up and just to quit. Most people did. You could have said, you know what? What do I want to create right now? This is a new beginning, not an ending. And a lot of people quit. A lot of people gave up. A lot of people saw this as a, a death sentence, not a physical one, but but a spiritual one, a an emotional one for their life. You know what? I'm done. I can't do this. I can't keep going. My career is over. My life is over. And some people, unfortunately, gave up their life, and that breaks my heart. But other people said, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I get better because of this? And it was during this time that my faith grew the most. I literally said, God... I trust in you. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to trust in you. I did not take one ounce and one dime of PPP money. I said, I'm not going to do it. We could have. I said, I'm not going to do it. I feel like we're not supposed to. And my wife and I didn't. And we just trusted. And it is amazing what happened, the opportunities, the impact, the amount of Zooms I did, the clients that reached out, how I was able to help them, the amount of stuff I did for free. And said to clients, if you can't pay, if your budget is, is frozen right now, because of what's going on, I'll, I just want to serve. I'm going to hear to help. I saw that come back to me tenfold by living that way. Again, I didn't know that was going to happen in the middle of all this. In the beginning, I said, I'm going to just do this. And at the end, looking back now, two years later, I'm like, wow, my faith is so much. It, it has grown so much. It's strengthened even more. I truly believed in God, but now I, I trust even more because I saw so many miracles happen as a result of that. And were there some deaths? Yes, I lost my uncle, my favorite uncle. So it doesn't mean it's all perfect. It doesn't mean that that life's always going to be grand, right? My, both my parents have passed away over the past you know, 10 years. My dad, five years ago, my mom in 2006, right? And so I miss them terribly. So it doesn't mean life's perfect, but it's like, what do we do with what we have? How do we overcome? How do we move forward? And that's what I'm excited about talking to you about and, and sharing your story.
0: Yeah, you're unbelievable. Just a phenomenal human being. I genuinely love this conversation uh, with all my heart. I know the audience is going to as well. The best part about this for me is it's just the beginning of the friendship. We'll exchange numbers after, uh, and I can't wait to do more with you. Sean, I want you to know you're the definition of mindfulness, gratitude, and heart from taking your life experience to spreading positivity, light, and deep truths. You're a true entrepreneur, visionary role model, and beacon of hope for anybody coming up to their big goals and aspirations. I can personally guarantee that your best is yet to come. Keep on spreading your wings and leaving your mark on this world. So much love and respect for you. Thank you so much for stopping by and dropping these priceless nuggets today. Hey, thanks, Craig. Appreciate you, brother. That was too much fun.
1: Hey, man, that was awesome. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, that, that your energy and combined. That was pretty special. Thank you so much, brother.
1: Hey, it was fun, man. It was, it was a great time. Yeah, you have, you have my cell? I do not. Okay, I'll give it to you right now.
0: Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow me on instagram at craig siegel underscore cls the youtube channel craig siegel and our website cultivateLastingsymphony.com, where you could sign up for our email blast with all free trainings on all of our content the best is yet to come